Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like wild hogs. Hitchhiking. (laughs) Serial killers. For sure they can. And also the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like owning a lizard? (laughs) Red vegetables? Mm. How about creepy German men? Yeah. Check, check, check. (laughs) Scary, scary, scary. Uh, I gotta calm myself down with a theme song. Let's do it. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. I'm Christine. Christine, you were about to take a sip of your coffee. It's so... Kind of forgot we were about to start. I know. It's so delightfully tormenting me. It is. Well, take a sip. It's an... It's, it's, it's petite. It's so tiny and cute. It's a teeny of the tinies. So, what's going on? Well, oh, I did want to tell you I saw... <laughs> I like telling you guys about bumper stickers. Yes. So I was behind another car in the rain, and these people had a couple bumper stickers, and one of them was Medicare for All. Okay. Which, yes, I agree. The other one was, I break for butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) On the same car? Yeah. Oh. It's cute, but I'm like- That seems very dangerous. No. (laughs) Don't break for butterflies. Because you shouldn't even break for deer. You shouldn't? What are you supposed to do? Hit it. Oh. Why? Because- Swerving is dangerous for everybody. But what if you just slam your brakes? Well, yes, you do try. You do try to slow down, but the if you can't, you should just hit. Remember, it. I told you guys this on a podcast a while back. Yeah. Smear the deer. Right, I do remember that. So violent. But you, yeah, you hit it. Um, so to me, it's like you got to just hit all the butterflies. You're really um, living on life's edge if you're breaking just for butterflies. I know. I mean, that's just that's dan- That's just. She's like, I don't care how many. People I take out. Yeah. Butterflies. I saw a monarch butterfly. That's it. You're dead. 
Yeah. Anyway, I saw that. that. That's why she needs Medicare. <laughs> she's gonna get to a. She's gonna get whiplash from breaking for a butterfly. It was definitely a woman. I figured. Yeah, men aren't breaking for butterflies. No, and they don't want Medicare for all. That's right. Maybe a couple do. What Maybe. do you want, Garen? I want to smash some butterflies. <laughs> you want to smash them? <laughs> of course not. No, but I do want Medicare for all. Garen, did you see the picture I posted on Instagram? I did. About so great. Yes. It's just and my reach is spreading, and it's very. Exciting. I know that was in Twenty Nine Palms, and me and the kids, everyone, everyone in my family said too. <laughs> we were all delighted. Aww. The whole restaurant is squirrel themed. Uh, what? And they had an open mic. I should show you that. I'll put that picture up too. Oh, the poster had a squirrel on it holding a microphone. It was like, are you serious? I swear. Oh my and the place, the place was called. Um, I want to. I want to say it was called Garden Squirrel, but it was Ground, Ground squirrel. squirrel. Yeah. And um, we didn't. We didn't go back there because I think at night it becomes a bar. And the thing that was so funny about it is at night we were driving past it. I didn't know at the time it was. It was called, you know, Ground Squirrel. And I just noticed there was a bunch of people inside just rocking. There must have been a band in the front playing. Uh-huh. And their arms were all just like, you know, pounds, pounds, uh, fist pounding in the air. And one lone guy standing outside in the front, just his his, his fist pounding in the air. Outside? Yeah. And in it front was, of the place? Yes. And it was just such a funny visual. That's hysterical. To see one guy alone standing out front. Like, I don't know if he'd gone outside to smoke, smoke. Yeah. But it was hilarious because it was just like so many people inside and then the one guy. Did you tell Alex that I made him smoke? Yes. <laughs> I forced him to. Well, yeah. She was like, look. She got another, another one. She got another one. <laughs> what else, guys? What else is going on? Well, a lot of TV watching in my on my end. Oh. Okay, tell me. So I finished um, the rest of us. Oh, the final two people that are alive. Show the final two people who <laughs> the, those who have not yet died. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big man and the tiny girl. Right, big there man were, and tiny girl. There yeah. was a funny uh, Jezebel post. Um, the Jezebel, the website. Yeah. If you guys listening who aren't aware, it's not a, the '30s Betty Davis movie. <laughs> yeah. For pre Hayes, pre Hayes code. Yeah. Um, that was. Uh, it was like an op-ed that was like, "I'm a sucker for big men protecting little girls' dystopian <laughs> futurism <laughs> movies." Because like, I think an Adam Driver movie just came out that's very similar. Oh, really? It's like he's oh. the grown-up, and there's a little girl that he has to protect. And oh, that's funny. In the same dynamic, where it's like, "I'm grumpy. Why are you here?" And right. she's like, "Spirited. You're, you're gonna like me, and I'm gonna win you over." Yeah. And I was like, "I might be too." Yeah. No, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. So I finished that. You have not finished it. No, right? I think we're maybe six episodes in. We just spent okay. an episode in a in a mall. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a heartache. That is Oof. a heartache. I thought. Yeah. There's some heartache episodes. Holy for sure. moly! So then we and Jimmy and I began and finished the bear. Ah, I've watched a couple episodes. It's really good. And I don't know why. I didn't go away on purpose because I didn't like it. It was one of those shows where I'm like, yeah, we could, we should watch that. And then oh. forgot about well, it. Well, Jimmy thinks that it's like the best show ever. He's Is I mean, it in, I, is it in, is, it is, it, it's yeah. in Chicago, right? Yeah. So he's like, this hits so many buttons. Well, yeah. He probably especially, doesn't say buttons like he that. He doesn't say buttons. <laughs> uh, especially the guy who plays cousin. Um, he... Jimmy loves that guy. He's he's really good. Actually, all the acting is really good. Like some episodes, really feel like you're just in a restaurant. It's weird because the way it's filmed, it's mm-hmm. like the camera's like very free flowing, following people yeah. through the restaurant. And um, 
have to go back Do you have, to that. Have you watched that, Karen? I watched the first episode. It was very stressful. Oh, it only gets more stressful. Great. But there are some funny moments. But I it's, like him. He's great. Yeah, he's really good. Actually, the whole cast is good. Is They're great, really good. I remember. Yeah. It just kind of got oh, okay. overwhelmed with other things. We're all about, right now, Ted Lasso coming back because Benjamin oh, yeah. has just recently watched it. Oh. And he is obsessed. So is Matt uh, Belknap's son. That makes he sense. He plays soccer. Same with, you know, Benji's on Benji two soccer. soccer t- right. He's, I think it's almost too much soccer because he's now on two different leagues. Oh, boy. And so he has soccer, I think, like four nights a week. And Jesus. games, multiple games all weekend. And he's doing flag football. But soccer is, you know, he's like living, breathing soccer, wants to be a professional soccer player. So, yeah, he's obsessed with Ted Lasso and and Roy Kent. He yeah. lo- he's like, God, that guy's so funny. <laughs> he's so funny, like... He's very hairy. He likes to talk about how hairy he is oh. and how funny he is. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> so um, that's <laughs> that's normal. They were just at the White House. Um, did you Ted Lasso did you people. did you watch it or I, I heard about it, but I only no. Know. I just know that the guy who plays the reporter is yes. there, like standing in the back. Trent Crim. Yeah, Trent Crim, Independent from the Independent. Yeah, he was there. Um, no, I don't even know why they were there. I, I don't know what the. I think it was about mental was. health. Yeah, yeah, talk about mental health. I haven't started the new season. Is it any good? I Benjamin already watched the first episode without me, even though oh. we were supposed to watch it together. Oh. he couldn't wait. Oh wow! And he was like, "It's really good," and I'll watch it again with you tonight because <laughs> that's tonight sweet. is our night together, Aww. and we go eat cheeseburgers and we watch Ted Lasso. Oh, that's, our... that's really sweet. Yeah. And then what does Alex and Sven do? She has rehearsals for Oklahoma. Oh, that's still happening. It's all it year. Like, <laughs> it's all school year until April when she has her big performance. Broadway shows don't rehearse this long. So last night I was re- running lines with her. Uh-huh. And um, I think I drive her crazy because I get way too oh, into no. doing all the characters. Because no. I have to do all the other Because yeah. she's, I told you, she's curly. But I get to, de- to be all these different, you know, Aunt <laughs> Eller or whatever, Auntie May, I don't know what her name is. And then all the girls talking and all the men talking. And, uh, oh, I'm just like, what she talking about, Curly? Like, oh, I just no. get to, And she's, I can tell she's just kind of like, her head is in her hands until it's her time for her line. <laughs> she's like, Mom, I, you could just give me the last line to lead into. Yes. The perf- when she does the actual performance, everything's just going to be just incredulous the entire, just like. Yeah. I She's gonna roll her eyes and tell her line. She I just hope she'll <laughs> recognize the other lines because the other lines by the other girls are probably gonna be like they're not gonna be as dynamic as I you. Bid forty six dollars on Lori. You know, I don't know. I hope they'll be great. You know, yeah. I hope the other girls will be great. But I'm like, I bet you get my horse for you, Curly. Like, <laughs> I'm like oh god, I'm having like the best oh, time. No. You know, as a person do who you never a, do you did do this. Eight O Annie, whatever her name is. Yes, oh, yes, no. I get to, I got to do Eight O Annie. It's you know, this is my time. Oh my god, I am, I am uh, living through vicariously through my daughter, You're living your best life, stage mom life. Yeah, stage so mom. that's great. Listen, yeah, I don't have a segue. Okay, that's fine. But I do have. A very exciting topic to talk I'm about excited. today. I am going to do something that we don't usually do. Okay. And I am going to let our listeners know this is not an episode for children. Oh, oh. dang. And I'm going to continue to let you know this episode contains violence, assault. Oh, my God. Murder. Holy shit. And sexual assault. So if that kind Whoa. of stuff is not for you. You can come back next week. Sure. 
because it's going to get a little insane. Okay. <laughs> Is that the accent you do for Oklahoma? Yeah. Inside. It's one of them. I have to switch it up. You yeah. know, I want it to feel diverse Characters. and I want to feel contemporary. So I do a lot of things that a white lady <laughs> who's middle aged probably shouldn't do. Well, in the. Yeah. All right. Today. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to survive a serial killer. Oh, <gasps> damn. Holy shit. I know. I'm excited too, guys. Oh, my While God. While you're preparing, my aunt allegedly interacted with a serial killer. What? Once. Which one? Do you know? Leslie. What if you told us which I aunt? Gonna, I thought that's what he was <laughs> doing. No. Leslie, Leslie. I think it was Aunt Leslie. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie, Leslie Cockrell. Alan Williams? Does that sound right? That's a, that's a man? Leslie, Leslie Alan Williams. Oh, I think Alan. that was his name. Yeah, Alan. I, I well, was like, no wonder he Leslie became Ann a... Warren. Yeah, Leslie Ann Warren. <laughs> Leslie Ann Warren. Oh, yeah. She was in Leslie, one of the best serial killers. I don't remember killers. that serial killer. He was in Michigan. Okay. He, I don't know how many people he killed, but apparently they crossed paths at a gas station he worked at, and he they spoke to each other. Mm-hmm. And then Oof. I don't know if he followed her or if she just left <sighs> and that was it. Wow. But she probably said, well, Jesus protect me because she's a maniac religious person. But she might be listening. Just I kidding. can tell you she is not listening. Is she still alive? Yes. All right. Yeah. Garen, do you have any contact with her? I do not. Does, I can, who, is, who is she sisters with? Your mom or your my dad? My dad. Get the story. I'll get the story. Get every single detail. I'll get it all. Because I'm yeah, so fascinated to know the story. Because how would she even remember someone she just said hello to at a gas station? I think they caught him right after that. Oh. Like, it was it was like, boom, boom, caught him. Okay. So she could have been on his, you know, wish list or something. <laughs> well, that is a, that is a Check. one quick fact that I will just say now, even though it's later, is for every person a serial killer uh you know, abducts or, or, or gets, they've had 31 attempts. Wow. Usually. That's really persistent of them. Yes. Cause that's a lot of, that's a lot of failure. That's a lot of good failure. For them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, motivation. They are. Keep going. Very motivated. We can learn from this. We can. There's a lot we can learn and I'm going to, I'm going to learn you. Okay. All right. First, I'm going to tell you what a serial killer actually is. Cause there is some confusion among people. Okay. This is according to the FBI's Behavioral Research and Instruction Unit. Guys, I used a lot of sources. I'm not going to list all of them because it's a page of sources. What I'm going to let you know is I'm going to put them all in the newsletter. Yeah. And I'm going to just say I got a lot of good sources. So I'm not going to I'm not going to shout them all out on the on the episode because that would take too long. Okay, it's an individual who's committed three or more homicides segregated by a block of time. Okay. In other words, that means they take breaks in between. Yeah, not a mass murder. No. So that's what separates the Ted Bundys, who yeah. committed a Space Depart series of 30 murders in seven states from 1974 to 1978 to, say, like, the Columbine shooters or right. bombers like Timothy McVeigh. You know, just doing this research, I realized how much bad information is out on there on the Internet. Like, there would be, even on, like, Psychology Today, somebody would write an op-ed and it would be, like, about serial killers, and they'd list like the Unabomber. Really? He's not a serial killer. But I know that's. I know, a but thing. they. I think they lump a lot of mass murderers like that in with serial killers, but they shouldn't. Did Ted Kaczynski actually kill anybody? Did he explode bombs, or was he just in the process of? I think he did kill people. I don't. Maybe Garen can look that up. Because maybe if he exploded more than one bomb at different place, then that's why they're calling him a serial killer. That's a good question. All right. How common are serial killers? This is interesting. Okay. 
despite how well they are represented in podcasts (laughs) and Dateline, they're exceptionally rare. Less than 0.01% of murders are classified as serial incidents. You've got a 0.00039% chance of being a serial killer's victim. You've got better odds of scoring big on the lottery. Okay. Scoring big on the lottery, wow. like Powerball, then bumping into a Bundy. So to remind you, remind you of your odds on that, you've got better odds of becoming president of the United States than winning big on the lottery. Oh, okay. okay? So your odds of winning the lottery, like yes. I don't mean, I don't mean the scratcher. I lo- Wait, you have a better chance of becoming president? Yes. Even though there's only been forty. This is according to statistics that I found. Again, I'm going to source all this. It doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. That's what they they do that thing where they're like, here, I found, I looked this up on a couple places where it was like, here are your odds of winning big on the lottery. And it was all the different things that you had a better. Yeah, okay. Like your odds were greater of this, 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 and this. One of them was becoming president of the United States. And where was Garen learning to drive on that uh, odds? (laughs) Well, I think the president of the United States teaching Garen to drive and then killing him in a series being a serial killer (laughs) yeah was um infinitesimal pretty small yeah so that's not guess I won't mail that letter to Mr. Biden yeah (laughs) set that dream aside um so the odds are of being killed by a serial killer you have better chance of being the president wow okay okay Again, if there are any statisticians out there that are like, look, Chris. No, I think that um, you can you can please correct me on this. This is this is all according to research I found. And I did try to source legitimate places, not just like, um, you know, false statistics dot com. Right. What makes a serial killer? This is from the attendees attendees at the serial murder symposium. Ooh, fun. Wouldn't you want to go to that kind yes. of? Yes. I kind of would want to just yes. go and be like wear some spectacles and a bow tie and pretend I belong. Right. So you want to look like a serial killer? For <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Make sure to use your middle name. That'll. Yeah. That'll I don't know. I just, it. I just liked the idea of me wearing spectacles and a bow tie. They agree. There's no generic profile of a serial murderer. They differ in many ways, including their motivations for killing and their mm-hmm. behavior at the crime scene. However, they did identify certain traits common to some serial murderers, including sensation seeking, a lack of remorse or guilt, impulsivity, the need for control, and predatory behavior. Uh-huh. These traits and behaviors are consistent with the psychopathic personality disorder. We are going to talk about the psychopathic dis- dis- personality disorder a little bit later. Okay. I just wanted to put that out there. That yep. This idea that there's like not one size fits all. There's all different kinds. Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk about some myths. Okay. Do you guys like myths? Yeah. All I right. mean, n- not if there's too much magic. If it's like light on the magic, I'm, I'm into the myth. Okay. Guess what? What? No magic today. Oh, yay. Okay. Most serial killers are dysfunctional loners. That is a big myth. Really? They're not. Most okay. serial killers are not reclusive weirdos who barely leave their apartment. Yeah, so take that. Take that. Profilers. They often have families, homes, jobs, and appear very normal and functional. Families like their own family. Exactly. Really? Exactly. Okay. Because they blend in so well, they're oftentimes overlooked as suspects. I'm going to give you some examples. Robert Yates killed 17 sex workers in the Spokane. It's Spokane, right? Not Spokane? 
I think it's Spokane, but when you said Robert Yates, I was like, if you had asked me if he was a poet, I would have said what? yes. Yeah. Yates. I was like, didn't he write uh, Reservation uh, Day with, and they made it in a movie with... Maybe he did both. Yeah. He might have written that book. Um, I might be getting the name of that book wrong, but I know they made it into a movie with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. That's called Titanic. No, no. <laughs> Oh, oh d- ref- something road. Reservation, Reservation road. road. Is it Reservation Road? I think that's Richard I thought it was redem- Reservation Road. Reserv- oh, that was hey, terrible, that movie. Oh, wait, no, this is a Joaquin Phoenix movie. That was a really good book, though, but it was depressing. It was like, marriage is bad. I thought it was Redemption Road or something. It- In any case, I case. meant Yeats the poet from like... Yeats. Oh, is it pronounced Yeats? Oh, now I'm thinking of Keats. You're pr- thinking of Yeezy. Wait, I'm thinking Michael Keaton. <laughs> Easy. What are we talking about? <laughs> Is this like a word association game? Yes. Okay. He killed 17 sex workers in okay. the Spokane, Washington area during the 1990s. He was married with five children. Wow. Lived in a middle class neighborhood and was a decorated U.S. Army National Guard helicopter pilot. Yates buried one of his victims in his yard beneath his bedroom window. He was eventually... Oops, I lost my place. Sorry. I know you guys think I have this all memorized. He was eventually arrested and pled guilty to 13 of the murders. Here's another one. He hit the other four. He's like, you figure it out yeah. yourself, motherfuckers. Those four didn't do. <laughs> the Green he had some pride. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to cop to those. Yeah. The BTK killer, Dennis Rader, li- killed 10 victims in, around, in and around Wichita, Kansas. He sent 16 written communications to the news media over a 30-year period, taunting the police and the public. He was married with two children, was a Boy Scout leader. Oh, sir, no. Right? I'm like, you're giving <laughs> me yeah, red right. flags. But sir, the married with children, that actually does go against what I thought. So, yes, that is interesting to me. Served honorably in the U.S. Air Force, was employed as a local government official, and was president of his church. Jesus. Um... Okay, all serial killers are white men. Right, that's not true anymore. False, and it was never true. Oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, I thought it was. Actually, the racial diversity of serial killers tends to mirror that of the overall U.S. population. Yes, there are more white men serial because killers. Because there are more white there are more people. white people. We've got serial killers who are African American, Latino, and Asian America. Only white and normally male serial killers such as Ted Bundy become popular cultural icons. You know, the fucking man. Typical. I'm going to put a, 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 a placard on my lawn that reflects these statistics so people know that serial killers come in all colors in this neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones that get all the attention. And, and that also reflects what our culture is like. Um, and yes, but it's not the vast majority. Well, it is a bigger majority, but it's not right. the vast majority okay. because it's not the vast it's proportionate. It's saying. proportionate. Uh, and there are female serial killers. In fact, approximately 17 percent of all serial homicides in the U.S. are committed by women. Wow. That is way higher. 17 percent. And it's actually higher than in the murder population of regular murders, like uh-huh. of women murdering. So they actually present higher as serial killers than they do as actual murderers. So once a woman gets a taste for murder, she keeps on going. She likes the power. Yeah. yeah. Eileen Warhouse, is that her name? The woman? Warnos? Warnos, yeah. Yes, okay. that Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Monster. Yes. Monster. Yeah. I think she was a sex worker who killed her Johns. I, I saw the movie. I don't remember. That's what I'm but that remembering. Right. Okay. I don't know a lot about that story, but I do remember that, if I'm remembering correctly, which is also possible. But apparently she wasn't that rare. Apparently she wasn't that rare. 
Here's another myth. All serial killers are either mentally ill or either or evil geniuses. Okay. I w- this made me think of Silence of the Lambs as a really good example of how movies depict serial killers erroneously. Okay. Like you think of Buffalo Bill who's like, yeah. hey, excuse me, are you size 10? <laughs> actually did pretty good just now. <laughs> I think you should room. use that voice when you're rehearsing from Oklahoma. Hey, <laughs> I keep you twenty-four dollars for that horse. Uh, a do any. <laughs> but that's. It. <laughs> Was she a rather large girl? <laughs> okay, but. He came across as this mentally ill social outcast, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Hannibal Lecter as the evil genius Genius, who's outwitting the FBI at every turn. Right. Instead, serial killers are much more likely to exhibit antisocial personality disorders such as sociopathy and psychopathy, which are not considered to be mental illnesses by the American Psychiatric Association. So this is where I get confused between what is a mental illness and what is a personality disorder. Well, here's the thing. They, they're, they've been debating this for about 50 years. Okay. And I do think it's so psychopathy and sociopathy fall under antisocial personality disorder, uh-huh. which I do think the DSM-4 recognizes. What's but the DSM? The DSM is what uh, the American Psychological uh, American Psychiatric Association uses to diagnose. Oh, okay. And uh, diagnosis study DSM manual? diagnostic manual diagnostic. I don't remember, yeah. but it's it's their big manual of like here's what we consider to gotcha. be all the uh, recognized mental illnesses, and they do call. The uh, antisocial, it's a personality disorder. Right. And that's not the same thing as a mental illness. Right. That's what I'm saying. The differentiation. It doesn't mean the problem with those two things is that they don't see necessarily that psychopaths and sociopaths can be treated with medication. Oh, okay. Right. So an illness is something that can be treated. A disorder is something that cannot be treated. Well, I think they're finding like... There is some research coming out about maybe that medi- certain medications might m- help some of the effects of uh, s- psychopathy and sociopath socio sociopathy. Thank you. Um, and I'll include that in in the in the newsletter because I I read about it. It was really interesting. Uh-huh. But uh, it's not the same as uh, mental illness, which is. A, a, where they're like, hey, we found you just need more serotonin at the synapse. Huh. Okay, this is where it's like. Your brain, their brains are wired in a different way. Here's another myth about serial killers that they're, you know, the evil genius myth. Uh Okay, this is a... They're a bunch of dumb shits. Well, (laughs) this is another popular stereotype, like, from things like Seven Uh and Dexter. Uh Uh-huh. That they're these cunning masterminds who outsmart the police at every turn. Most serial killers who have had their IQ tested... Uh, it's between borderline and uh, above average intelligent, which is consistent with the general population. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So they're basically as smart as the rest of us. It's not high intelligence that makes serial killers successful. It's obsession, meticulous planning, and a cold-blooded, often psychopathic personality that enables them to operate over long periods of time without detection. 
Okay, so they just have the get up and go to do this. They're really motivated. Yeah, okay. You know, just in, it's like, they're like Stephen King. You know, like. You mean how he produces a book a Yes, a like they yeah. just, because they're so, they're dri- he's driven in that way too, but just not to kill, but right. to just like, I'm going to put on another book. But they're like that with, with killing people. Got it. They don't have a death wish or longing to get caught. There's also this idea that they're always like, I'm going to leave these clues. Right. Serial killers all leave a totem or a... That's not true. Some do. Some do. Like this one you said. Like sent letters. Sent letters. That's not a... Like, I think that a lot of shows have depicted this idea that all of them do that. Yeah. They leave a tell or or some kind of... um, you know, the, the the green ribbon killer. They all leave a, you know, he leaves a green ribbon. Right, they're taunting the police. That's not true. Most go to extremes to avoid detection. They learn from their mistakes, they improve their craft, and they rarely taunt their investigators. Um, here's a few things we do know, okay? Mm-hmm. As of this date, they are not capable of rehabilitation. Right. So this is g- getting back to this uh, 2017 prison study I read about that was so interesting. So they did this study on murderous psychopaths in a prison in Wisconsin. And what they found out was, in the psychopathic brain, the benefits of the reward always outweigh the risks of all the negative consequences, including getting caught, going to prison, getting hurt in prison, and harming others. Okay. So in the mind of a psychopath, the benefits of the reward of doing a violent act are all that matters, and the consequences have no relevance. R- okay. Here's a little bit about their sci- their psychology, which you had asked about, right? Yeah. So psych- psychopathy, it's common, right? Like we talked about. But there are differences in the way their, their kind of antisocial personality disorder presents. Uh-huh. So many lack self-control, need this immediate gratification. They practice their predatory behaviors. They possess a complete lack of remorse. They can be charming spectacularly manipulative they're pathological liars oh and around puberty most were cruel to animals pyromaniacs and chronic bedwetters yeah what is that what is the bedwetting thing i don't know but this is known i thought this was interesting this is known in forensic psychiatry as the triad ah so those three things in combination are like wow thing a really bad thing to watch out for we've gotten better at intervening before they become serial killers Here's something. The early catalyst for serial murder, family dysfunction, sexual abuse, can be remedied by quality time with a child psychologist. Ah. So when the tri- when they're seeing like, hey, my kid's wet in the bed, being mean to animals, and what was the third thing? Um, fires. Starting fires. Hey, let's get into some family therapy. Now, I'm not saying that prevents... Right, because they said it, but you can't. There is more. We care. You know, we've got, we're keeping an eye on kids. Yeah, there are more interventions. Okay, so maybe we're pre- we're stopping it at the pass. Right. This is another theory. Again, here's another theory. I've said this before, and I, I was kind of joking, but this is an actual legit theory. Serial killers didn't disappear, but rather transformed into mass shooters. Oh, who have skyrocketed numbers in the in, over the past thirty years. Most experts agree, however, that the two profiles don't overlap enough. I was going to say, yeah. The the profiles and the motivations tend to be different. But I, I have thought that before. I'm like, well, they just all turned into mass shooters. So how do you avoid? I mean, this is the part. This is our show. How yeah. do you avoid do you, right. being murdered by a serial killer? Right. Uh, first of all, you won't because based on the numbers, 
we know you're going to become president first. Right. But I'm going to just go over some tips anyway, because that's our show isn't called Don't Worry. This is definitely not going to happen right. to you. The, the, um, we try to instill some unrealistic fear into our listeners. That's the show. So that they listen. Think okay. They need us. So here's the f- simple. Don't do what their victims do. Uh, they go for die. The, yeah. <laughs> Don't. OK. They go for the easiest, most vulnerable and most disposable prey. Generally, those are women. And youths of both sexes. Okay. So don't be a woman. Do, got it. Okay. I mean, I'm basically not one I anymore. I think the doctor told me I'm yeah. officially not a woman I'm, anymore. I'm like genderless now. I think <laughs> I when you hit a certain age, you're just like. Right. The blood th- results no one, back. No one sees me as one. Right. So it doesn't matter. Um, if you're a kid, uh, why are you listening to this? Right. We told you not to at the yeah. beginning of the episode. So what are you doing? Turn this off. Uh, the next piece of advice is grow up fast. Oh. Yeah, just don't be a kid. <laughs> oh, God, that's so depressing. Um, also, don't be a sex trade worker, okay. substance abuser, or severely socioeconomically challenged. Okay. So just d- don't get do on that. Things. Don't okay. do those things. Uh, most of the advice I'm going to tell you, you already know from how to avoid being robbed, how to uh-huh. avoid a street fight, how to avoid carjacking, how to avoid being stalked, how to avoid home invasions. This is common sense stuff. We've okay. covered ad nauseum right. on many of our episodes. But if you haven't listened to those, yeah. dear audience, please go back and listen to them because they're delightful right. episodes. I'm not going to cover all of those things because we'd be here for another 16 hours. I just want to give you some like basic tips okay. in broad strokes because I do think it's, a lo- it's very obvious stuff. Lock your doors and windows. Don't walk alone at night. Right. Always pay attention to your surroundings. If someone wants directions from you or asks for your help and you get any kind of weird feeling about the situation, say no. Uh, Don't get in someone's car. Right. I mean, Garen, you can get in an Uber. (laughs) Keep an eye on your drink at the bar. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that is newsworthy. No, and if you're a kid and you're, I'm not saying your kids, but if your kids are going to be alone, you know, walking to and from school, a cell phone probably is the best thing. Because yeah. they can be tracked. I guess. What, you're against it? Yeah. Because I don't want my kids to have a cell phone until they're in middle school. But my kids right, don't. But they're not going to be by themselves before then, are they? Uh, they can't. Their school's too far away for them to walk to. Right. But I, I sort of don't think that this is just me because I'm sort of, I'm just, I think cell phones are just too bad yeah. for kids self-esteem yeah. yeah i think the risk of kids being in danger from kidnapping is so 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 small compared and to what my kids could be anorexic because, and what cell phones are doing to kids self-esteem is so high yeah like, no, that's that, a good point that's, that's just excellent point. i think they don't need them until they have a little bit more developed sense of self yeah i mean my son didn't go into middle school yeah and and so you 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 guys parents whatever you decide i support you no, phones. but I, I understand your point. I'm just I'm You're saying just, the internet. When you say cell phones are bad for you, mean the internet yes, is bad for kids yes, off the state. Yes. Okay. Park in a well-lit area. Don't park six blocks away in a dark alley. If you're going to go to have dinner somewhere nice and you're a lady and you're meeting your friend, right? Valet if you can afford it. Just yeah, valet. I've got that's a really good point. I've gotten a lot more um, looser with the wallet when it comes to valeting yeah. than when I was in my 20s, and I was like, I'm fine. Well, I was just more invulnerable. And, and but you poor. were actually more vulnerable because no, I know serial killers tend to not strike anyone over the age of thirty. We're totally we safe from serial so killers. Safe. Oh my god, we are beyond safe. We are invisible. Oh my god, this is fantastic. It's wonderful. News. I, I love being invisible. Yeah. Okay. So this one, I thought this one. This is from WikiHow, and I thought it was funny. Don't rely on adrenaline to give you super speed. 
engage in regular <laughs> exercise <laughs> so that you are physically strong enough to run quickly and get far enough away. I thought it was funny that anyone would think, well, I don't know. I don't have to worry. Adrenaline's going to kick in. And I, and I will run like Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, it's going to be Mission Impossible. So it's, it's fine. This is actually, I think, a good tip. Yell, back off and push your attacker. Keep your voice confident and authoritative. Authoritative. I don't know. It's no, authoritative, of, it's, I think. Thing. Yell loudly as you can. If anyone is in, within hearing distance, you might attract their attention. It's better than yelling help. We all know that. Nobody, it, they always say like yell fire, but back off uh, is better because it sounds like you're capable of fighting back. Oh, okay. Okay. Serial killers are typically methodical in making sure there is little risk of getting caught before approaching a potential victim. They don't want any trouble. I mean, they do. Yeah, they want a lot of they trouble. Want your they head want the in, most trouble. They want your head in a freezer. But yeah. like, <laughs> you want to make trouble for them. Right. So, and help. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't want to get involved because I might get hurt, or I might have to deal with the police, and I have an outstanding ticket." I have a very small head. I think my head would fit easily in a freezer, like even maybe in the side thing. Oh, so yeah. So maybe for I sure. am not as invulnerable. Your as... head would look adorable in a freezer. It would look so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm picturing it now. <laughs> Let's do Just that behind the vanilla ice cream. Yes, yes. It would keep well. I think so. If you meet a charming stranger, run in the opposite direction. <laughs> that's that's my best. Don't go advice. to any comedy clubs. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe more comedians aren't serial killers. To be honest. Well, they're serial somethings or actors because yes. that's a lot of charm. You get you get in LA. There's so much charm. Yeah. But it's it's dangerous charm. You got What's his face? Army Hammer is probably the closest. We've got. But to. he's like, I just want to do serial killer like stuff, but I don't want to murder. I don't know. Um, no, I don't think he wants to murder, but I think he has hurt women. That's the that's the claim. Although yes. I don't think he's been charged with any. Has he been charged with anything? I don't, I don't think so. Think so. No. But he's like working at a hotel or something. It's the strangest story. He's working in a hotel. Yes. It doesn't seem like, like he'd need not to work. In a, right. But like not in America. I okay. think he's like working at like White Lotus <laughs> like somewhere at the lobby behind the desk something like that I might have this wrong but I think that was definitely a thing that was the he thing was right he was spotted you're right because he comes from so much money but he might not have access Maybe to it he doesn't have his access family to it. cut him off as a lesson I mean they're all kind of g- degenerates yes the hammers but yes I think we need to have John Hamm play him in a movie because John Hamm and Army Hammer have the same voice I thought you were going to say, I think we need to have John Hamm on here to talk about it. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, well, we could do Let's that. Let's do but that. I, even, even if he knows nothing about it, we'll get him on. Sounds great. Okay. I do have a great story. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Okay. So, I'm going to open it up. <laughs> Sorry. The suspense is killing me and then two other people. I don't want to... Uh, oh, God, now I'm a serial killer. Right. Well... I'm going to get in the news. All right, here we go. Kara Robinson Chamberlain, 15, was watering plants and bushes in the front yard of a friend's house in West Columbia, South Carolina, in the early afternoon of June 24th, 2002, when a Trans Am flag, I know, big red flag, pulled in the driveway and an affable guy, right, charming, in his late 30s wearing jeans, a button-down shirt, and a baseball cap got out to offer some pamphlets. Okay. Pamphlets? What is he? Uh, Amway salesman? I don't know. I'm thinking like, uh, what are, what's that religion that always have pamphlet, pam, 
Oh, well, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Thank Witnesses. you. Thank you. Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses. Watchtower. Watch, he yeah. said, are your parents home? And I said, well, this isn't my house. This is my friend's house. Oh, boy. And he said, OK, well, what about her parents? Are her parents home? And I said, no, her mom's not home right now. <laughs> Kara. I'll just leave these with you, he told her as he approached. Suddenly, the man who was later identified as serial killer Richard Evanitz pulled out a gun, <gasps> pressed it to her neck, and oh. forced her into a large storage bin that was stowed on the back seat of the car. Guys, I'm going to let you know the story is going to get s- scary. Okay. But it, remember, it's a survival story. Okay. Okay? As he, She's 15. I'm just going to remind you she's 15. Okay. She's my son's age. Jesus. As he drove okay. towards his apartment, Kara began counting the turns he made in hopes of later finding her way home again. She noticed details. He was listening to a classic rock station and smoking Marlboro Red cigarettes. Flag, flag. I know. Already. (laughs) Already. She even memorized the serial number on the inside of the plastic container that he had forced her to kneel inside. My survival survival mechanism said, all right, let's gather as much information as we can, she says. Fear barely even kicked in. The human will to survive and the survival mechanism really just can't be understood. Underestimated. On his way to his apartment, he pulled over and restrained her with handcuffs and put a gag in her mouth. He then took her to his cluttered apartment, also home to a guinea pig. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Who <laughs> was also being held against his will. A lizard. <laughs> oh, the lizard was there freely. The yeah. lizard knew what was it, the lizard was getting yeah. into. A lizard is a big red flag. Uh, and other small animals. Oh. They're not even listing what those animals are. <laughs> oh. And assaulted her for 18 hours. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sweetie. Oh. Despite being terrorized, she tried to find ways to identify him. The names of his doctor and dentist were on his fridge and to keep him calm. When he wanted to have some food, I said, well, I'm not going to eat right now, but is there anything I can do for you? She says, I actually ended up sweeping his kitchen. That kind of manipulation, says Sheriff Leon Lott of Richland County, South Carolina, may have helped save her life. She was just putting him at ease and making him feel comfortable, gaining his trust. And that's what police negotiators do, explains Lott. She controlled her emotions to the point where she was able to develop a plan. In the dawn hours when Evanitz was asleep, Kara was able to free one hand from a pair of handcuffs and unclip a leg restraint. She quietly tiptoed to the front door and made her escape. She ran towards a car in the parking lot and asked the two people inside to take her to the police station where she recounted her ordeal. She was asked by the officers, this blows me away, to take them back to Evanitz's apartment. And because of her keen powers of observation and the help of the apartment maintenance man, they found his lair. However, by the time his by the time authorities got there, Evanitz had fled. Inside his apartment, they found a locked footlocker with newspaper clippings about the unsolved murders of three girls, Sophia Silva and sisters Katie and Kristen Lisk. They had all gone missing in Spotsylvania County, Virginia, more than five years before Kara's abduction. Police tracked him to Sarasota, Florida, and a high-speed chase there ended when he ran over spike strips on the highway and and was attacked by a police dog. I love that dog. Yes. He then shot himself. For her help in solving the murders of Sophia and the Liss sisters, Kara received $150,000 in reward money and was able to meet their families. Oh. It was one of the most important things that ever happened to me, she says, because it brought home the important, importance of what I did. Because I felt like, wow, I'm actually giving these families something that they never would have gotten without me. Just the closure of knowing that the person responsible for their daughter's death is no longer here. Encouraged by Sheriff Lott, Kara took a part-time job in the summer during high school and college doing administrative work with the Sheriff's Department. She later became a school resources officer and an investigator on child abuse and sexual assault cases. She left her job in law enforcement after her two boys, whom she had with her husband, were born. 
Um, oh, it looks like she her her story was made into a movie. She became friends with um, Elizabeth Smart. Oh, wow. And uh, did a 90-minute Lifetime special, Smart Justice, and met a lot of other women like Jamie Kloss. That was a very big kidnapping. And uh, her documentary, Escaping Captivity, the Kara Robinson story, was released um, for Oxygen last year. Wow. And um, she has a website where she shares her story and spreads hope and encouragement to other survivors. Well, not only did she give uh, finality to those families, she also prevented future murders yeah, by I mean, getting the guy caught. It's so incredible as if that a 15-year-old would have the wherewithal to As I said, my son doesn't see himself driving. <laughs> he can't successfully cook a meal, a frozen meal in the oven. This girl's fucking amazing. It's incredible. Well, you know, girls are a little more mature than boys. I know. But um, incredible story. So impressed with her yeah. wherewithal and just awful that she had to endure something this awful but so um, incredible that she survived it and um, just that she, yeah, prevented more um, brutality from this this uh, man. And now he's dead. And that's good. Yay. Yay. And she to saved him. a guinea pig. Well, that's what I was wondering. What happened? I, I think those animals were left to fend for themselves and the, and the lizard ate the guinea pig. And, the, you know, I just think it's a, it's it was bacchanalia in there. I think those animals were really happy yeah that that day because they saw some stuff yeah so they were just like get (laughs) me out of this uh this nightmare lair yeah wow those are just chain smoking (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) they were all smoking marlboro reds you know what i've seen just just rocking out to leonard skinner just (laughs) for fuck's sake he's finally gone all right well that was an amazing story and uh i'm not gonna sleep tonight and uh we'll be right back with our guest Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. I like your little owl. I have. Um, she has a pet owl on her shoulder. I, yeah. I thought I'd be one of those people. Yes. I, I need more of an interesting personality. So I just got a pet owl. You know what? Nothing makes a person seem like they have a personality <laughs> than like a bird, a bird on, their, on shoulder their shoulder at Whole no Foods. Reason. Yeah. You know what? I think we should do. Let's get into our sh- episode. Bring our guest in. Bring our guest in. Danielle. Okay. So um, we're very lucky to have our guest. First of all, in the first half of the show, we talked about being the victim of a serial killer. And now yeah. we're going to talk about narrowly being the victim of a serial killer. <laughs> Almost. With, with our um, <laughs> guest, Maureen Driscoll. Maureen is a writer. We used to write together. 
Um, she's also written on Jimmy Come Alive. Nice. She now writes romance novels. Ooh. Really dirty ones. Oh, oh good. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to get to that. They better be. Like, those are my grandma's... My, my, my deceased grandmother's favorite kind of books were uh, romance novels. Yeah, and when I was little, I used to when I'd go to her house, I would like thumb through them trying to find the dirty parts. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's a f- one way. Boy, to, you had a fun grandma. One way to. Oh yeah, she used to. She's pretty big woman. Uh huh. And she would eat. Uh, she loved turtles. Do you know what turtles are? Yeah. The chocolates with like the mm. nuts, and she'd just balance them on her belly, <laughs> and just have them there, and she'd just be like. I know I shouldn't eat all these. They're not good for me, but Aww. I just love them. Oh, she was pretty salty. Then she'd watch her read her trashy novels. She liked to read. She liked to watch her stories. Yeah, as you know, the soap operas, and uh, read her trashy novels. With I'm sure Fabio was on the cover of a lot mm-hmm. of them. My grandmother just liked to complain. Um, <laughs> and she's also an actress. Maureen Driscoll, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Of course. So what are, is there, is, is, are your novels a series? Like, is it the Something Something series? Yes, there are different series. I've got the Rich Brothers. They're all hot. Everyone's hot. Good. Rich Brothers, Poor Brothers, and then a group of women who, uh, okay, well, unfortunately, the women don't have sex, but it's a group of women who live in a house. Okay. And they, they have sex with other people. Oh, okay. Got it. And so what are they called? What are these books called? Uh, The Kellingtons are Mm -hmm. the rich guys. The Emersons are the poor guys. And Jasmine Cottage are the women. Jasmine Cottage. Oh, my God. That sounds steamy. Jasmine Cottage. Jasmine Cottage. I bet it smells good. (laughs) Hopefully it smells like Jasmine and not Cottage. (laughs) Or it smells like sex. It smells like cottage cheese and sex. Ooh, no, no, no. Not there for the cottage cheese smell. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um... And you can get them on Amazon? Amazon, exactly. Nice. Awesome. Well, we're going to link to all of it in the yes. newsletter. Oh, thank you. Yes, we have a fancy newsletter. Um, with links. With links. <laughs> now yeah, with links. Now with links. <laughs> Guys, we know how to do links. Uh, don't want to brag, but... Chris has figured it out. Um, I'm too old. I'm a month older than her, so I can't figure this shit out. Um, anyway, so, so Maureen... I was going to call you Christine. So Maureen, what is this crazy story? Uh, well, it's it's two stories. One of them okay. is how to survive being uh, an exchange student. Okay. Uh, which leads into the other story, which is the more serious one. I love um, it. A lot of people, when they do exchange years, they'll do like a year abroad in college, like mm-hmm. their junior year of, year of college. Right. Uh, I did AFS, which is uh, like a high school exchange student. So it's sort of like 16 candles, but not as racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's as racist as you make it. Can we, is that fair to say? <laughs> depends on the year. Yeah, it depends on, right. <laughs> Right. Well, it was 1981, so it probably oh, was racist, racist. Okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. bad. And also, when I left, uh, my mom was 58 years old. Mm-hmm. I was positive. I was like, oh my God, what if she dies oh, when I'm gone? Because she's so old. Because <laughs> she's so old. Oh. And remind us how old your mother is right now. My mom, my mom's 99. 99. Wow. And also, I'm 60. So I'm now two years older than the age that <laughs> <laughs> you thought she was going to have a heart attack and die. <laughs> Right. Oh my God! It's so <laughs> funny how, yeah. Oh yeah. So this is uh, so okay. So with this program, you go to whatever this country was. For me, it was Switzerland, and you get assigned to a family, and you live with the family in theory for the entire year, but 
and sometimes it doesn't work out. Oh. And, you know, they put you in a school, mm-hmm. and then you go to school, and the ironic part is I hate school. Uh-huh. I've had a lot of it. I have a master's degree. I teach at a MFA program, and I hate school. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't get away from it. They just keep pulling you back in. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't getting credit for this. I just had to go to school, you know, because I already graduated from right. high school. I hadn't started college. I was just going to school and doing homework. Oh, mm-hmm. like summer school, but in Switzerland. And for a year. Oh, okay. So it didn't count toward college? No. Oh, this is a weird plan. It really, it's terrible. I don't get this. It's, okay. It's awful. Um, things were not going that well at home with the family I was living <laughs> with uh, because their daughter was didn't live there. She'd already graduated. Mm-hmm. And so it was just the parents. He was an actor and he spent most of his time in Zurich and we were in Basel. Uh, so she was home a lot. And I think she thought I might be a companion, which... Oh, <laughs> oh you're like, I'm 18. I don't want to yeah. ever be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, they uh, they used to drink quite a bit. And I know, because I, I came from Helena, Montana, which is this very small town. And my mom drank occasionally, but mm-hmm. not like every day. And like in Europe, as I know now, people do drink you know, like a little glass of wine at night or whatever. I mean, theirs was a little bit more than that because they uh-huh. used to get kind of schnockered. Okay. okay. And um, I had written at one point, <laughs> I'd written a letter to my mom uh-huh. about that I thought they might be alcoholics. <laughs> now, in my defense, again, they used to get schnockered and they also uh, set the Christmas tree on fire. <laughs> Wait, did they do the German thing where it's real candles? Yes. Mm. Okay. I mean, that has to happen like 80% of the time, right? It's just like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Were you there when they set the Christmas tree on fire? I was asleep because I came out the next day and the Christmas tree was uh, on the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) burned up. Oh, my God. So uh, about midway through, they found the letter. uh, And then the AFS person came at school. Wait, you didn't send the letter? It was because I was in the middle of writing it. They found the letter and they read it? Yeah. That is so obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was at school. The woman, the local AFS contact, gets me, goes to lunch, and she's like, oh, yeah, you can't go back there. I was like, what? And she's like, they're kicking you out. Oh, no. I know. Uh, Because they found that. And because he was an actor and he's like, oh, I think I think they just want to get rid of me. Okay. Um, But that was his excuse. That would ruin my reputation. Right. People probably knew he drank. Right. I mean, again, the Christmas tree is not an isolated event. So, um, so was he a famous, famous Swiss actor? Um, sort of. I guess he was a theater actor. Okay. You know, theater. Yeah, theater. Theater. Uh, so I was getting kicked out of that, and it was right before we did this, like, uh, there were halfway through, we went to uh, Geneva, as everybody, all everybody who was in AFS in Switzerland, they went to this, like, week away. And this was the first, <laughs> this is the first time I almost died. So... <laughs> You never forget your first time. <laughs> oh, we were out on this like I guess we were sort of outside of Geneva, and I was on this like road, and I was going to take pictures of everybody back in the day when it was like a camera that like had film yeah, and the whole I don't know flash bulbs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm picturing this thing with the with the curtain. Yes. The guy goes like, <laughs> yes, yes, we had those of course in the '80s. <laughs> uh, so I, I was uh, looking at the camera. I was going out. I was running out into the road. 
Uh-huh. And uh, then I turned around at the last minute to take the picture, and the the everybody I was the group was like, "What?" And I felt something behind me. Okay. And it was a guy, and I mean, it wasn't a race car, but he must have been going like ninety <gasps> or a hundred, and had just like if I hadn't turned at the last minute because I didn't even see he was going so fast he wasn't even there oh. by the time I did that. Uh-huh. But they were like, "Oh my god!" And I could feel it, and I sort of knew that was like the. You know, that really could have been a bad ending to my exchange year in Switzerland. Wow. So was the picture you took all of them like, ah, <laughs> like terrified? <laughs> I wish it had been. <laughs> so and then when I got back to Switzerland, uh, there was a party and I still didn't have a place to live. So I was living in a temporary place okay. and they had, um, it was like a skylight in there, mm-hmm. except it was over my bed and I couldn't figure out how to lower it and it snowed on me. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. No. Yes. <laughs> So I went to this party for for the, my classmates, and I walk in the door, and there's like dead silence. And I was like, "Ooh!" And they're like, "Well, we found out that you were kicked out of out of your home." And I was like, "Yes." And this is one of the nicest things to ever happen. Is that there were I think it was like I don't know like 22 weeks left of my mm-hmm. thing. There were 22 of them, and they said that they had asked their parents, and I could stay with each of them for a week. Oh, that's so sweet. It really, yeah, that's really nice. Like, it was really, really nice. Uh, when I was actually with the first family, uh, I started <laughs> uh, bleeding from my rectum. What? Whoa! I know this is an event-filled year. <laughs> And so, you know, they're like, okay, you should probably go to a doctor. So, I, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I think pack I, some ice in I it. I think I will. <laughs> what? Just herring, I guess. <laughs> that's how they make it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the secret. Uh, and so then I go in for the exam, and uh, so I start telling the guy about the bleeding out of my rectum problem and he's like why are you here and I said well I'm an exchange student I'm in school he's like you're in school I said yeah he's like oh Deutsch I'm like what he's like mm, sie müssen Deutsch sprechen I have to speak German so oh he's making you speak German in the examination yes even though he's, he was fluent in English <laughs> did you know anal bleeding in German <laughs> you're like come on if there's one time where I want to be able to speak English it's one Jesus. of my butts bleeding what an asshole so to speak <laughs> So the whole time, at blute, I knew, for blood. And there's like a lot of pointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking, really, he's fluent in English. Right. I'm definitely not fluent in German. This is not the learning experience time. I no. Mean, that, right. uh, so that was sort of my first experience with uncomfortable conversations in German. And Christine, as you know, German is not... Like, even saying Merry Christmas is not like, it sounds like, you know, just like, go, go fuck yourself. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a good language. It's not soft. No, it's not no, soft. It's not easy. Did they find out why you were bleeding from your anus? Um, uh, beats. Oh, oh it, was, it was beats the whole time. Oh, you were, oh, that's hysterical. Oh, my. Well, we've all had that experience. I haven't. I've had. Well, I've had. Yeah. Oh, I have. With beets? Yeah. Sure. It colors things. I don't think I've had that. You never, really? No. Oh. But there's probably a lot of beets or a lot of beets in Switzerland, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's a root vegetable. Yeah. A lot yeah. of they love their root vegetables over they there. They do. Oh, they geez. really love them. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. I'm so glad that nothing was wrong. I was really thinking like, oh, well, I was stressed butt bleeding and <laughs> had to go on bed rest. She thought there was a part of the trip she left out or something. It was like, I don't know what happened here. Oh, have you ever had sympathy blood bleeds? <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> oh, 
almost got a spit take. Almost. Almost what? Got a spit take. Almost got a spit take for me, yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in the, so in the course of the year, one of the things I learned about the Swiss is that they like to hitchhike. So the hitchhiking for the because I was usually with one of my friends, mm-hmm. but I would do it by myself. And mm-hmm. I remember this one time I was hitching into town and this car stopped and um, I, I, the mental image I associate it with now is uh, there was four guys in this car and they were sort of like sons of anarchy, but I'm not talking Charlie Hunnam. I'm talking about like, <laughs> the other ones. The extras. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the extras. <laughs> Okay. And I remember, I don't even know if they make these cars anymore, but do you remember like the two doors? Like it seated, like there was a back seat, but you couldn't get yes. in. You'd have to move Absolutely. the front seat up or whatever. Okay. Yeah, two doors. So it was these four guys who pull up in this small car, two doors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and no door. Yes. Right. And there's a part of me that's like, uh, this is probably a bad idea, but... Because I'm a young lady who is, you know, raised to be polite. They did stop. <laughs> yes, yes. It would not hurt their feelings. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah. It would have been so rude to say no, no, thank you. So I got into the car mm-hmm. and they took me to where I wanted to go and they let me out. And I'm like, you know, feel okay. dunk and the whole thing. So you shouldn't stereotype people. Right. You know, like they're right. really like. So this is these are the types of interactions I had on a regular basis. So a couple, I think it was like a couple weeks after this uh it was the end of the school year and my class had gone to the black forest as you do yeah and we had a little outing and then we came back on a bus and it was i had i lived in the suburbs and i wasn't really sure well i was gonna say i'm not really sure where the tram stop was from there but it didn't matter i was gonna hitchhike anyway so i decided i'm gonna hitchhike home so stick the you know thumb out and this guy in a nice suit Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm In a BMW Ah. uh, with German plates, Mm -hmm. stops, and he says, where are you going? And I say, well, I'm going to Rhinoc. And he said, oh, so am I. I said, oh, that's great. (laughs) So I get in the car, and so he's driving, and we're chit-chatting, and uh, he misses the first turnoff. But okay. no, he's from Germany. <laughs> no, right. right. So we're driving along, and he's really, you know, talking a lot. And we passed the second turnoff. Mm. Okay. And there's only one left before you get to no man's land, uh. which is that sort of like two mile area where there's nobody around before mm-hmm. you get to the border. So I'm like, okay, something is really weird, and it's sort of what um, you do get that feeling, and so. I started paying attention and I said, you know, well, you missed the turnoff and there's one more. And he said, well, I'm not taking you to your home. I'm taking you to my home. Oh, shit. Uh Oh, Oh, shit. So everything inside me, it was like, okay, this is it. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, this is, you don't fuck around with this. And um, also before I continue with the story, there People listening to this, you know, podcast, there are people who've been sexually assaulted. There mm-hmm. have been people who have been placed in positions like this, or you know somebody. I mean, there's just it is that prevalent. Yeah. So I am sorry if this is triggering you. Whatever you did to get out of that and to be in a position where you're now listening to this lovely podcast, you did the right thing. Right. No matter what it was, yeah. you did the right thing. You did it. So are we about to hear that you killed a man? <laughs> I feel like that's what's coming. I, I hope so. I hope so. I feel okay. like if you just told them about the rectal bleeding, you probably would have been really <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quick, 
eating beets. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so anyway, so I so I know this is this is this is the real thing. So I've heard you be assertive. Like mm-hmm. You said earlier, um, you know, you can't sort of be meek. You have mm-hmm. to like this is it. It's fight or flight. You know, physically, I'm sitting up, and he's like, I want you to touch my penis, mm, and I was like, whoa. you know, I'm not, you know, no. Now keep in mind, this entire conversation is in German. Oh wow! Oh. And so you're not fluent at this time in German. No. Do you understand a lot, but you can't speak it, or just so we I know? Can, I can understand everything. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But my speaking skills are like, you know, like a second grader. Okay. Um, but I did understand penis. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the word for it is now. Sure. But okay. at the time, I'm like, Ugh. Chris, I don't. You don't know. Garen. <laughs> so you don't do the, the, the <laughs> don't, German for the bedtime talk. We don't do uh, sexy talk in German, <laughs> and I think you know why. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so he's like, you know, I want you to touch my penis. I'm like, no. And he's like, I want to touch your breast. And I was like, no, I want to get out of this car right now. And I was like, just like that, you know, I'm like, out. And so he did pull over. He slowed the car down. I jumped out and uh, he went on his way. I wish to God that I had, uh, you know, reported this, but I was still very shaken. But the thing that I didn't realize until later that it registered with me is I was in this conversation and I knew like, this is like no doubt in my voice, this is going to be whatever. When he said, <laughs> um, I want to touch your breasts, I didn't say nine. I said nine, donka, which is <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're still polite. <laughs> oh my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> because they don't raise you to just say no. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're yeah. girl. Your plate girls, nine donka. Oh so, so to his limited credit, he might have been a little confused at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, the nine donka. Oh my god! Is the, yeah. Wow! I can't believe donka. that worked. It was. I mean, he must have. And and you know, obviously, I feel guilty now that I didn't call the police on this guy. But I don't know if this is one of those things. Maybe he was in his early career. Of, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, but, uh, he got scared off. He so. got scared off. So he may not, this may not have been a thing he did all the time, for sure. I hope. Oh, God. So how did you get back? Did you hitch back home? <laughs> <laughs> like, stuck my thumb back out. I waited for a guy with, with four cars <laughs> in it. Um, I said, th- oh, I, oh, I called home. I called home, and I was really shaken, and they came to pick me up. Um, but the, I, okay, I should be saying, and I learned my lesson. Right. So three weeks later... <laughs> The, the British girl and I decided to uh, go to France because, you know, when am I going to get back yeah. to Europe again? So we decided to go uh, to France and Italy. And so, you know, it was wow. too expensive to, like, get a hotel. So we yeah. decided to, to be on the train all night. Okay. Yeah. And I remember going to, uh, we were at a train station in Italy. It was, like, 2 a.m. and we were waiting for the train. And these four guys came up to hassle us. And, again... Instead of like saying, you know, get the fuck away, um, I thought I could dissuade them politely by saying I didn't. We weren't interested because I was Catholic. Okay. Aww. Now keep in mind this is in Italy. Yeah. But they're all fucking Catholic. They're all fucking <laughs> yeah. Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> and again, not just like no, get out of here. It was like, oh, no, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm thinking we need to do a better. And I hopefully, you know your parents um 
hopefully we are doing a better job with girls and women and not yeah. saying you have to be polite. Yeah. Uh, especially because I mean, it has carried over to my entire life of like, I don't need to ask for a raise. I'm sure people just right. give me one. Yes. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yes. That passivity that Oof. is inbred to women in culturally that hopefully in the next generation. I mean, I'm certainly trying to teach my daughter to she's not passive oh she's not polite either <laughs> <laughs> even when it's called for uh, yeah even when she needs to be she raised an army to shame their parents for having a cigarette so yeah I oh yeah she's, be yeah, she's, she's a leader <laughs> she's definitely a leader yeah. so in the apocalypse she's going to be the one taking a little kid across yeah <laughs> or, a grown, or a grown man, or a grown man. <laughs> she's going to be yeah, taking she's gonna uh, be, pedro uh, pascal um <laughs> to safety for sure I think that's so uh, what a great story. And I love everything you're sort of sharing about it. And also that you're sharing that, like, whatever you do or don't you do is okay. because I do think there's a lot of I don't know, like one thing that does bother me about this sort of true crime narrative is that women sort of always need to do this or that to Mm -hmm. prevent something. And sometimes you can't prevent it no matter what right. you do. It's right. Because that feels like another form of victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're like, here's all the things you need to do to protect yourself. And it's like, okay, but really, there you can do everything right and still terrible things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really not, the onus isn't on us. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, you know, we don't have to feel bad about what we did or didn't do in a situation. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the, the, you're going to be dealing with so much of the aftermath of something traumatic anyway, you don't need to be blaming yourself. Like, what it. if I would have done this? Or right. what if I didn't do that? I mean, or I wish I would have done this. It's to, to do that. But. It's also societal that mm-hmm. we always feel like we have to say, well, if you did this, this would, like, why are we that? Why is that our first instinct? I think because, I, I think I know why. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think with me, because I do that, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why didn't they do that one? I think it's because you hope that if you were in the situation, mm-hmm. you would have had the smarts or the reaction time or whatever to do that. So you're trying to tell yourself it couldn't happen to me. Right. right, right. So it's, yeah. it's it's actually a protective thing. It's not. Yeah, it is. I think that's where it comes from. Like, well, why would they? Why wouldn't they? Why should they? Well, you know, yeah. it's not for me, at least. I don't feel like I'm blaming them so much as I'm like, well, maybe I guess I am, but it's also in a defensive, like, oh, I, that wouldn't have happened to me. But yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know that I would have had the presence of mind to yell and scream at the guy like that. That's amazing. I don't think that's passive at all, what you did in the car. I think that's really gutsy. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. I've not been in that situation. It's also, you know, we never know until the situation, mm-hmm. until yeah. until an emergency, mm-hmm. whether it's like the house is on fire or one of our children get hurt or we're in a car with a you know, a mm-hmm. potential assaulter, how we're going to react because, you know, we we can't go through drills of it really realistically. And even if it's a drill, you know, it's a drill. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's partly that you just don't know until you're in it um, how you're going to react. Yeah. Right. But it's easy for us to be like, I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that. Or if it right. were me, I would have been right. this way. And I think it's also like your in we know our instincts can tell us like in a lot of these uh-huh. situations when they say like do this but so, like in the story i told she knew not to fight uh-huh. right. she became passive yeah. and she sort of i don't want to say endeared but she made herself yeah, was smart um passive to him in a way that it seemed that he didn't want to kill her. Right. So there are some situations where your intuition says, okay, this is how I should behave to stay alive. So you, it's also about sort of reading the room. Right. 
and right. knowing what's the best course of action in that situation. I don't even know how you do that in the minute. Maureen, thank you so much for being here. That was amazing. Two amazing stories, really, um, all combined. But that was fantastic. And uh, we'll look for your books on Amazon. And um, and uh, I guess that's it. So uh, we'll be right back with what did we learn today? Yes, we can't wait. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chris, are you ready to learn what we learned today? Yes. It's raining. Try and smile. Pretend you're Gene Kelly. Oh, he was. I always do. Very handsome. Oh, my God. I'd like to be. I'll come back as Gene Kelly. Yeah. Um, Smear the deer and bash the butterfly. Yes. That's a good one, Karen. Uh, G-R-N-D-S-Q-R-L does not appear to sell actual squirrel. Ground squirrel does not sell actual squirrel. So that's good to know. I guess. I mean, I don't know why they don't. Leslie Allen Williams is an American serial killer, rapist, and necrophile who is serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole in Michigan for the murders and rapes of four teenage girls in Oakland and Genesee counties from 91 to 92. His case became controversial in that he was on parole at the time of the killings, bringing up flaws in the Michigan parole system. I have not heard back from my dad yet about that, so no idea yet. Between 70 and 95, Ted Kaczynski mailed or hand-delivered a series of increasingly sophisticated bombs that cumulatively killed three people and injured 23 others. 16 bombs were attributed to Kaczynski. So that must be why he was considered a serial killer, because it was in more than one bomb. Even though he was killing, trying to kill more than one person at a time, he did it more than once. Okay. The 2008 Sam Mendes film uh, that reunited Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio was called Revolutionary Road. Uh, We both had the name wrong. It's great if you like watching people argue for two hours. That's what I remember about it. Just a lot of in the kitchen arguing. And it was just like, ugh. Serial killers come in all shapes and sizes. Variety is the spice of taking life. (laughs) The spice of taking life. Eileen Carol Wernos was an American serial killer in 1989 to 90. While engaging in street prostitution along highways in Florida, she shot dead and robbed seven of her male clients. Wernos claimed that her clients had either raped or attempted to rape her and that all of the homicides were committed in self-defense. DSM-4 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. That's what you were talking about. You might be surprised to learn that criminalists and FBI profilers believe there are around 2,000 active serial killers in the U.S. alone. Get to work on that presidential campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Want to avoid a serial killer? Be rich and have friends. Being white can't hurt. Best part of turning 30? Protection from serial killers. Mm -hmm. Penis in German is penis, or apparently schwanz. Oh, yeah, we knew that. Schwanz. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a Yiddish thing, too. Is penis? You could actually say it in German as I, penis? It, it came up oh. first. All right. Schwanz, I think, is the slang. Schwanz. Like. Yeah. We're going to do some shout outs. Let's do it. All right. These are thank yous to our Patreon Seek Shelter members who are going to be getting another hot 
bonus episode yes real soon we're taping it tomorrow night so yeah. i don't know you guys get on the train get, think about your outfits and oh right i'm is it another red carpet situation another red carpet event <laughs> okay and two what we're gonna get a two this time? <laughs> we're, gonna we're gonna get, get a, two. Get a two, big balloon Blue. and i'm gonna bring some leftover alcohol from my party awesome because there was lots left over okay all right first we want to thank marianne schwartz thanks marianne and um not schwanz no <laughs> but schwartz is black in german right uh Schwa- black is white is black is Schwa- schwartz no yeah. no it's not um garen help me it's close but i don't think that's right okay um schwartz just kidding. It is. You're yeah, totally right. Yeah, because there's, yeah. I know. So Schwanz and Schwanz. 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 It's, it's just spelled differently, so I was really oh, confused. Oh, got it. Schwanz. Schwanz. I'm sure Marianne is appreciating that we're doing this to her name. <laughs> Marianne Black. Marianne Black. Marianne Black. Okay. We're going to give our next thanks to someone named, uh-oh. I don't know if this is Mick or Mike, because it's M- lowercase capital c mick kang beats wait the m is lowercase no capital m (laughs) lowercase i which would make sense but then capital c mick 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 kang beats (laughs) is that a product that you wear over your ears to listen to music mick kang beats i think we are being sponsored by By some speaker some some headphones so kang is one name and beats is one name it's hyphenated so it's like kang beats kang beats well i don't know if this is real I mean, it sounds like he's an MC or something. Or Mike King. We don't know their pronouns. We don't know if it's but he or she. So let's say regardless, they. Regardless, it's a very cool name. It's a, it's a cool name. Mick Kang Beats. <laughs> let me know if it's Mike. Let me know if this is your real name or a product you're pushing. Yeah, let us know how we can support your business. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it may be. <laughs> but thank you for supporting ours. Yeah, thank you so much for supporting ours. Next Friend of the show, John Coppersmith. Oh, thank you, John Coppersmith. We know John supports us. He's bought a T-shirt. He sent us a picture of him in the T-shirt. Yes. Uh, Garden Squirrel shirt, I believe, even though he does love and support us women. Yeah. So he said he did feel right. a little bad doing that. But I think we have to give ourselves cartoon presences in some way. I mean, we, we have us running up the hill. Yeah. As sort of silhouettes, but they're not really cartoony. Or maybe just looking cool, you know, like... Uh, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure yeah, it out. We'll, we'll think on it. I, I have an artist in mind who I think should commission for us yeah. something, but I'm gonna reach out to her and see if she's available. Okay, Steve Kemery. Thank you, Steve. Um, I don't think that's two first name situation. No, it's a cool name. I've it never heard cool that name. before. Steve Kemery sounds like a an actor. Like he's maybe on one of those fire shows. You know, yes. like how CBS is just like Chicago Fire, Chicago sh- Mail, Chicago. It's Chicago all Mail. taxes. Chicago yeah. Hope, Chicago Fire, Chicago nine one one. Two thousand year old show. Chicago Hope from when we were seven. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it like there's there's yeah. like and they it's all a franchise, yeah. cross over each other. Yeah. He sounds like he's like plays in Kemmery. EMT. Kemmery, yeah. Oh, you don't know Steve Kemery? He's the hottest one oh, on there. He can pull off stubble. McDreamy. Got nothing on Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. One more to thank. Oh, a UK email address. Oh. Ashley Bradbury. Oh, that's the most. Is yeah, it L-E-I-G-H? Or L-E-Y? Uh, L-E-Y. That's the most British name I've ever heard. I don't know. They Except mi- for Benedict they, they might be male. Yeah, Ashley can go either way for sure. 
Oh, you know it. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Oh, hell no, Ashley. That's terrible. I think you should work that into your Oklahoma characters. (laughs) Oh, I'll buy your horse for 10 pence. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's going to slug you in the face. (laughs) She already wants to most of the time. When she doesn't want, when she's not like hugging you and yeah. loving on you so much. Telling me I need to be a Nordstrom model. Yeah. Well, she wants us both to be Nordstrom yeah, models. Yeah, well, maybe not anymore me because I'm a bad influence on you. She probably wants Drew, me away from you. I used to think Danielle could be a Nordstrom model until <laughs> she made you smoke. <laughs> she made everyone, everyone smoke at the party. party. Okay. Thank you guys for seeking shelter. Yes. And um, being our most our most loyal listeners. No, we love all of you because your support means so much because, you know, it allows us to keep Garen. Yes. Employed. Right. And he's uh, on a he's on a thin thread. I mean, week to week, we tell him, OK, you can come back next week. You can't. Yeah. yeah no, he there's knows, enough. He's, he's living on the edge. Yeah. So it's thank you for that. Uh, we love to keep him employed and we love you guys for just listening and supporting us and saying nice things that, you know, it means a lot to us. So check us out online. Check us. Check out our Patreon. It costs nothing to check it out. Yeah. And um, what else, Danielle? I think that's it. I was just going to say that there's diff- there are different levels of the Patreon, as you will see. And we've talked about. And also, we have actually been having a lot of leftover material that we put in the um, extended version of the episodes that get on to Patreon. So it is, even without the bonus episodes, I mean, that in itself is 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 like kind of having a whole other episode in a sense. Because it's mostly Garen. Because <laughs> we cut him out of yeah, the main you, episodes. You have no idea how public mu- consumption. You, know, <laughs> you have no idea how much Garen just talks and talks God. and talks and talks. It's so dirty too. It's yeah. like always about his sex life and we're like, Garen, stop. <sighs> so for instance, the Mike Schmidt episode that we've been getting lots of nice feedback on, there's even more of that episode if you um, Oh, that guy wouldn't stop. He is a storyteller. He's and so actually funny. us too, we had... Um, we had extra stuff at the top of the show too, so it's just a it's just a fun way to listen to more of us. If you if that's your jam, I I'm glad it is. If it is, yeah. And until next time, remain, remain calm. calm.